Welcome to another episode of Every Horror Movie on Netflix, the show where we watch, review, and discuss every horror movie on Netflix. I'm Patrick, and I'm back, as always, with Chris. Hello. And Steven. Good to be back. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's been a little while. We got a little behind schedule, and for that, we apologize to all y'all out there who are demented enough to tune in on a regular basis for, for this show. But we should say we should say part of our our time off we were in mourning. Well, yeah, I was about to get to that. Okay. Uh, very very sad news for uh, longtime fans of the show. We were really shocked to learn a couple weeks ago that a uh, friend of the show and, and uh, recurring, I guess it's fair to say, recurring guest Neville Archambo, the star of Thirteen Cameras, actually passed away uh, earlier in September which is still, I don't know, very strange. He was on an episode just a couple of weeks ago. I ran across a text from him in my phone just recently. And he was, uh, he was a really, really lovely guy and put up with a lot of our bullshit and <laughs> um, created one of the most memorable characters, honestly, that we've seen in this whole journey. So RIP to, to a real one. Yeah. I mean, wow. It's, he has his own emoji even. Yeah. That's, that's how Discord. much of an impact he's had on our lives. It's really sad, really sad stuff. I, I'm going to miss him. I really enjoyed talking to him when we did our interview. And then since then, it's just been a delight to have him engaging with us in sometimes ways that we prompted, sometimes ways that he prompted. And um, he just seemed like a really, as a, unlike the character, he seems like a really kind hearted uh, guy. And uh, it's, yeah, it's just really unexpected. We were just talking to him a few days ago, a few days before we got the news. Um Mm-hmm. I, I I can only wonder if it's related to the paranormal activity on his ranch, but the creamy well, incident. Yeah, yeah, our our last interaction with him was he shared a story on our bonus episode. I had invited everybody to you know various Amon guests and then all of us to talk about um, horror related things that had happened to us over the summer, and I knew Neville was not a big. Uh, aficionado of horror movies he didn't watch a lot of or consume a lot of horror media on his own time outside of being in 13 and 14 cameras and the block island sound another amon movie we reviewed um but he shared a very uh, frankly disturbing story about how a couple of his goats mysteriously disappeared from his farm and he was clearly so broken up about it and i i don't know i feel like i'm just always going to be sort of haunted by those being his last words to us telling this really upsetting story about worrying about what had happened to his goat creamy safe passage neville thanks for giving us uh, gerald and thanks for giving us so much of your time and uh, big heart we appreciate it well, moving on to, I guess, somewhat happier catch-up. We've all been, I'm sure, watching, reading, experiencing a lot of uh, horror media since last time we checked in. What have you guys been enjoying for our horror catch-up? You know, I don't really have that much. I'm in the middle of reading <clears throat> my latest book club selection for the Amon Discord, which, again, you can always find a link to on our various social media uh, posts and in the show notes here. Uh, we're reading Stephen King's 2014 novel, Revival. I know Patrick is on board with this as well. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm chipping away at the audiobook read by David Morse, and um, I'm enjoying it. It is quite the slow burn, 
so mm-hmm. far. I haven't really uh, experienced any horror yet, and I'm about a, a third of the way through, but it's a very well-written, well-crafted uh, story so far. And, um, oh, I watched Glorious. I haven't really been watching many horror movies. I watched Dr. Rebecca McKendry's Glorious on Shudder, also known colloquially as the the Glory Hole horror movie. Um, and it was fine. It was okay. It's a, about a, a troubled man who finds himself locked in a, in a rest stop bathroom. There is a glory hole, and behind it uh, is J.K. Simmons, <laughs> who, you know, clearly this is just kind of on the cheap voiceover work. He was never on set or anything for it, but but he claims to be sort of a uh, Lovecraftian eldritch god who uh, needs this guy's help to get out of the bathroom stall, and horror ensues. It's a little edgelordy at times, but there's some memorable moments, some great practical effects in it. So if you like a good, goopy kind of throwback to, like, Stuart Gordon in the 80s, it might be up your alley. Mm. And that's it for me. What about you guys? Chris? I uh, have started ramping up my consumption of horror stuff as we go into the spooky season. Um, And I watched, uh, I kicked it off with Dr. Sleep, which I hadn't seen before. So I bought the the Blu-ray at the secondhand Blu-ray shop, and I watched the uh, three-hour extended director's cut of Dr. Sleep. And I loved it. I thought it was absolutely great. Uh, So weird, so fun, so stirring, just hit all the right notes for me. I loved the the weird universe it was able to build in a relatively short period of time. And I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a three hour movie, but it it does a lot and sort of just there's so much story and so much world building in this three hours. But anyway, I thought it was great. And I thought it was even better once I was reading about it afterwards and found out that Ewan McGregor is actually a recovering alcoholic like he is in the movie. So it kind of adds another layer to everything when you're like, oh, this guy has some personal connection to this material. Hmm. Um, But no, I thought it was really good. And then um, I also watched Freaky recently. Which I'm very ambivalent about Freaky. I'm still trying to process it because it was so good in part. I would say half of it is like the best movie I've ever seen. And then the other half of it was just kind of juvenile or stupid and didn't really work for me. And it's kind of frustrating because I feel like the movie had enough going for it that it could have been like one of my all time favorites, but it just dropped the ball and I wish they could do it over again and do it better. But that's all I got. Well, I've also been working on Revival. I'm almost to the end of it and looking forward to discussing that with everybody on the Discord. Um, I've also been, let's see, I've actually been seeing a few movies in the theater recently. I saw Barbarian, which actually didn't turn the dial too much for me. I don't know. I mm, It just hits on a lot of like sort of hot button social issues without really having much of anything to say about them, which felt uh, just a little empty and provocateurish to me. It certainly mm. takes some twists that I appreciated, but I don't know, didn't do too much for me overall. What did do a lot for me overall was fucking Pearl. You all know that I loved X, me um, too. but Pearl next level. It's so fucking good. Mia Goth is so good. It's just an incredible fucking origin story for that character. It's the fucking movie that Joker should have been. And I say that like a quarter jokingly, maybe it was so fucking good. Just chills up my spine thinking about some of the moments in that movie. It's extremely well done. 
Um, and I also watched fucking Hocus Pocus for the first time in my life. Um, I don't have much to say about it. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was fine. You know, it's a goofy fucking kids movie. I, I mostly mention it just to say that I watched it for the first time because I feel like I'm the only fucking person who hasn't. Yeah, that's weird. Or who had that weird. I mean, that's kind of a weird movie because I feel like it has such a place in people's nostalgia. But yeah. I watched it when it came out as, you know, whatever age I was at that time, little kid. I was definitely in the demographic and I was into horror stuff back then. Um, and it didn't do a lot for me then. Uh, me either. I haven't thought about it since. So I don't know why it has, you know, gotten in the hearts of so many people. I'm happy for them, but yeah, it's never been up my alley. I, I can't, can't remember how I felt when I was a kid, but I know that I liked kind of this, the, the setting and like the mood of a lot of it. But then, you know, anything involving the witches is just like shrieking, obnoxious nonsense. I tried to watch it as an adult and I don't think I finished it. Yeah. I mean, it's a comedy. It's fundamentally not a, like a horror movie necessarily, but obviously it uh, is closely associated with Halloween at this point. So God bless Doug Jones. God bless Bette Midler. That's all I have to say. Oh, speaking of Doug Jones, I finished What We Do in the Shadows, the new season. Um, oh, fuck. I need to get on that. Yeah. Ooh, it's got a real banger cliffhanger of an ending. I'll say that. In this season, like like everything leading up to it, it just keeps opening up the world, keeps finding new ways to explore these really terrible characters. And um, yeah, it's just, it's a hoot. And it might be the most, if you can believe it, it might be the most like ribald and like sexual season so far um a lot of fun to be had with that well let's talk about the other horror thing that we all have watched in the last few days here incantation it is a taiwanese film yes i selected this one and i selected it because i forget how this even popped onto my radar because i'm very rarely on TikTok, but I had heard that there was this TikTok sort of trend going around where TikTokers were talking about how fucking scary this movie was and challenging each other to watch it all the way through without pausing it. You know, basically the idea being it's so fucking scary and you're going to have to stop and walk away at some point. Um, so I was like, all right, what the hell's going on with this? And also, you know, figured I could jump on that little hashtag bandwagon, hitch our podcast to the hashtag bandwagon. So that's why we watched oh, Ever the Opportunist. <laughs> Cynical commercial move. Marketing. I'm the, that's This is why I'm the marketing manager who hasn't posted <laughs> on our social media in months. <laughs> Yeah, Incantation is about a woman named Lee Ronan who has violated some sort of taboo. And she is telling us her story, uh, how this happened, the the curse-like effects that violating this taboo has had on her. And uh, it's found footage primarily unfolds through kind of two intersecting timelines where we're seeing uh, what's going on with her in the present as she reunites with her young daughter, Chen Dodo, who she gave up under the, the circumstances of this curse that had been plaguing her. So that's our one timeline. And then there's also the timeline of six years ago when mm-hmm. she violated this taboo in the in the first place. So we're kind of seeing the, the present effects of this and then slowly, slowly finding out what actually happened in the first place and why she got cursed, how she got cursed, um, which is an interesting way to structure a found footage movie. Lee Ronan is 
presenting this story to us as if she's the one telling the story and structuring it, but also mm-hmm. like, why would she structure it in this very complex <laughs> way, shifting between these two timelines? Like another hand is clearly at play here. <laughs> yeah. That's a little interesting. The format in general is a little interesting because it's, it's not like there's one source for the footage you have, <laughs> yeah. you know, you have the story of the taboo breaking six years ago, which is kind of your traditional found footage. Cause they were like shooting like a paranormal show or something or for YouTube yeah. or something at that time. And so you clearly have like their tapes, but then you also have Lee Ronan doing like self shot video where she's talking to you, the audience. Then you have Lee Ronan's, tapes that she's recorded to document her reuniting with her estranged daughter. Um, and th- I thought that was a believable hook for why she was running the camera so much. Like, sure. you know, um, but then, you know, you also have like weird stuff cut in for coverage, like, closed circuit TV cameras and like dash cams and like all kinds of kind of, kind of a peripheral camera activity going on. And then, I mean, we should note there's also a few shots that are, not motivated by found footage at all just Mm -hmm. (laughs) like uh which i thought was funny like you'll see the cctv of her like in a waiting room like looking on her phone and then you'll see a close-up on her checking her phone which is clearly from a non-diegetic camera um but it was all it's all good yeah there are some explained cameras but there are so many unexplained cameras i was thinking about that I, i feel like particularly in scenes where they'd be in a car and there would be like a camera that somebody was holding for the purposes of you know filming the show or or lee ronan creating this diary but then there are also like i just start counting and it's like how many fucking cameras are in this car like the, did we watch 15 cameras answer. guys <laughs> yes. but, but look so here's actually usually you'd watch a movie like this and you'd say oh well they're doing it found footage because they're trying to save money they don't want to you know have to worry about lighting or cinematography and they can have the actors hold the cameras and blah 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 but in this case they're trying to create an illusion that this is all a real historical document of something. I don't think you could do this story and I don't think you could take on sort of the, the horror that this movie is trying to convey, especially in the end without having it be found footage. I don't think if you had traditional spooky scenes, it would work nearly as well. Right. Some of the most effective stuff in this to me is when Lee Ronan is addressing the audience directly. And it's like her plea to be understood She's trying to break this curse. She's like telling you an incantation to recite with her. She's like, you can even recite it in your mind if you want. Mm-hmm. Look at this symbol I'm going to show you. Memorize it. And it's mm-hmm. it's weird. It, it it borders on like corny, hokey. And I, I, I'm sure it could very easily veer into that. But I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I I don't know that it, it kind of drew me in. Maybe it was the performance. Maybe it was just the weirdness of like being asked to recite an incantation along with the character on screen, but that drew me in. And yeah, you couldn't really do that if it wasn't found footage. I want to say. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun way to break the fourth wall. I, I kind of enjoyed that as well. I thought it was handled well and added a little extra layer of creepiness and mystery to the whole thing. Why is she pleading directly to me right at the beginning of the movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good hook. It was, it drew me in too. And especially right at the beginning, like there's some optical illusions on the screen and it's audience mm-hmm. participation. Mm-hmm. It's like you're, you know, listening to, it's like you're watching a magic show in the nineties on cable. Right. Uh, there's and, like a Ferris wheel that's turning and she says like, imagine it going to the right, imagine it going to the left. And like, it kind of works both ways depending on what you're focusing on. 
Right. They're yeah, they're classic optical illusions. You know what was funny about that though? I couldn't I so I could make this. So there's one shot of a, a subway train and she mm-hmm. says, All right, make it go forward, make it go backward. And I could and I I could trick my mind into seeing it either way. I couldn't make that Ferris wheel go. It was only turning right in my mind. I couldn't force oh. it to go left. Did you guys both get it get to see it both ways? Yeah. I saw okay. it both ways, but then once I had flipped it, I couldn't flip it back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't I, I can't believe I couldn't I was I was trying to and I just couldn't retrick my mind to get it to go left. Yeah, but that's all good stuff. And it's and that's kind of you know, that's kind of the central gimmick of the movie, I would say, is this this idea that like you're a participant in the horror. Um mm-hmm. uh and the illusions, like I, I just don't I don't I don't want the movie like messing with my head. It makes me scared. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I was scared right off the bat and it's it's showing me symbols. I don't understand. It's making me recite chants. I don't understand. I'm like, all right, please you do you and just let me observe. But no, this isn't a movie that just lets you observe. And I think that's why it's so scary and why there's a TikTok challenge about it, because you are involved in the events of this movie, whether you want to be or not, uh, sort of through Lee Ronan's breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. For a moment one, she's like, all right, help me out with this. Help me break this curse. But she also tells you fairly early on that one of the things about this curse is that the more you understand it, the worse things are going to go for you. (laughs) So I'm like, stop telling me. I don't want to see. So, I mean, Patrick, you've talked a lot about movies that feel like something you shouldn't be watching. And this Mm -hmm. is kind of the first time I've sort of felt that way. I was like, you know Mm -hmm. what? Like, I don't think I want to be watching this. Um, Not because, and it's like, I don't believe in any of this stuff. So, but there's like a, there's a voice in my head being like, it's just a movie. It's just a movie. But also like, I think I've said before, when we talk about ghosts and things, like I believe in the power of suggestion. I believe that if you hypnotize me with symbols and images and make me say a chant in my mind and tell me that I'm cursed, like I might end up fucking cursed <laughs> like or seeing some demons and shit in my house that I don't want to be seeing. So it was yeah. very unsettling for me. I had some of that too. I, I, you know, actually, Chris, this is one of those where I sort of wish that I had taken your classic advice. I did watch this in broad daylight and I think it would have gotten me more if I watched it at night. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it at night and it was, it was scary. This is one of the scarier movies that we've watched, which isn't saying a whole lot. Um, I would agree with that. And I watched it this morning in full daylight and I still got creeped out by like the first half of it. Maybe. I mean, there's still plenty of hacky stuff and bump in the night stuff that doesn't really work for me, but um, the audience participation stuff. And then just like using the, the found footage as like a first person view at time. Cause there's a lot of scenes where she's like walking through her apartment, using the light on her camera as her flashlight. So you really get the first person view. Um, it's scary. Yeah. So her, her daughter comes home. And as you said, Chris, there is a lot of bump in the night kind of shit. Um, you know, it's a little James Bonnie at times. There's a, uh, you know, it's, it's very kitchen sinky kind of the stuff that's happening around their apartment. That's, you know, kind of showing that this curse is, is not over. She was hoping to be able to safely reunite with her daughter and, and give the kid a good life. But things go sideways basically mm-hmm. as soon as Chen Dodo comes home. Yeah. We didn't say this, but our hero had this, this traumatic experience with the curse and has actually been in a mental institution for some time, kind of mm-hmm. unlearning the curse and, or convincing herself that it's not real. 
getting at peace with the monsters and the, the baddies as they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she re-adopts her daughter, I guess. And the daughter like is attuned to the monsters right off the bat. And it's like, oh, because the daughter's also affected by the curse. Because we find out pretty early on in the parallel timeline that that Lee Ronan was pregnant when she violated the taboo. So Dodo has been exposed and Dodo sees the, the evil. Yeah. And as we learn more about how this all happened in the first place, basically Lee Ronan had a sort of ghost busting, myth busting video uh, like YouTube uh, channel with her boyfriend at the time uh, and another friend. So the three of them were all on this trip to visit this tunnel where I guess the big sort of legend about it is just that cell phones don't work in it. (laughs) (laughs) Scary. (laughs) Yeah. But in the process, they wind up going to visit Wait, whose uncle is it? It's somebody's. It's her boyfriend's grand uncle. Yeah, boyfriend's grand uncle. Is it the boyfriend or is it the other guy? I think it's the boyfriend. Okay, but yeah, someone's great uncle. Yeah, yeah. But they have like a village sort of like commune around the mouth of this tunnel, which is titled like the tunnel that you cannot see or something like that. The tunnel that you must not enter or something like that. The name is very on the nose, Um, but they have a uh, sort of spiritual sect i want to say organized around a figure named mother buddha it's like alternative buddhism and it's it, it kind of these scenes really have like a folk horror sort of vibe to them yeah um because you got these people who seem cool but they seem a little weird and then like you just don't want to be their guest um independent before you even go in the tunnel like forget the tunnel the, the village is scary enough there were enough red flags before they got to the tunnel but I guess that's how it goes on these types of shows. <laughs> yeah, they're more than a little weird. Um, and the you know the our, our our lead trio, Lee Ronan and her two companions, are all having a fucking jolly time before they get to the village. And then you get to the village, and everybody there is like a little freaky, making weird hand gestures to each other all the time, and just taking all this shit very seriously. And they don't want to welcome Lee Ronan in, right? Because she's not part of the family, but they end up convincing her an old woman reads her palm. Mm -hmm. She, like, basically, like, tries to fit her whole fucking body in the car to reach over to do this, too. It's a little creepy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very weird, culty vibes. Creepy stuff. I I mean, you know, what can I say? I I enjoyed that stuff. Um, I enjoyed all that. Probably that's probably the stronger side of the movie because meanwhile, we see like Lee Ronan trying to navigate the foster care system. (laughs) Lee Ronan trying to navigate the daycare system. (laughs) (laughs) Not as interesting. We are introduced, though, to uh, I forget the character's name, but he's like from the, the foster care place and has been taking care of Chen Dodo and I mean one extremely handsome man but number two just like I don't know very warm presence and a character uh, that just felt immediately likable to me and he's he's a supporting very much a supporting role in this but I enjoyed that character Mm -hmm. and I mean I guess spoilers but was quite upset about what eventually happened to him but yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to go much deeper than that without just kind of getting into the spoiler shit. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't really know where to go other than to review it. Sure. Short, shortest review ever, but it, it's sort of a... It's, there's, it's, there's a lot you can't talk about, and it's a lot of like scary setups sequenced together, right? Like There isn't a ton of plot to this. So. Well, in the 
funny thing that is that like the the spoiler the thing that we're saving happens so late in the movie it's like i want to say like maybe 10 minutes from the end or something like mm-hmm. that it's very yeah. close to the end but there's still like sort of a lot that you can't talk about and the other factor that's coming into play for me here is i do think the movie is kind of too long there's oh yeah <laughs> a lot of I don't know. It's only an hour and 43 minutes, but I feel like it's a little bit spinning its wheels in places and you could probably get through this a bit more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. one 1. 1.5 speed for this one. Highly recommended. It's hard though. I think to do the amount of exposition that they're trying to do in a found footage format more, more very efficiently, you know, because like they're telling you a lot about not just the history of this family, not just the curse, but like, oh, we have to have a monk translate some stuff. And like, you know, that's easy to do. And you can do that in five seconds in a, in a traditionally shot film. But if the monk, if we got to send some shit to the monk and have him translate it and send it back and you have to watch it through found footage, it takes a while. Well, what's your review, Chris? View it, cue it, or screw it. I'm actually going to give this a view it. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be controversial or not, but I'm going to give it a view. It uh, it's you know it's not great. Uh, you, you you could cue it and never watch it, and I wouldn't be mad at you. But <laughs> I think this was unique enough. You know, these days I'm just looking for something that I haven't seen before. I think it's competent enough and unique enough for me to say if you're into horror and you're into found footage, you should check it out. It's one of the scarier movies we watched. Uh, It got under my skin a little bit in a way I didn't like. Didn't really keep me up at night. It just made me... I was like, I wish they, I wish she'd stop saying that chant at me (laughs) as I'm watching watching this. Um, So it was fun for that reason. And it's one of the more original uh, movies I've seen on Netflix, I think. So check it out. How about you, Patrick? You know, I'm almost in the exact same place as you. It's, I'm going to give it a view. It it's like very low on that threshold where it's almost cue it for me. And if not for this sort of central gimmick that we're going to discuss more in the spoiler room, if not for how this twist at the end kind of pulls that gimmick together in a very original way that I don't think I've really seen in anything I've ever ever watched other than that sort of mid tier, you know, found footage deal. But uh, yeah, it did get under my skin I had that feeling of like being cursed. It did have some of that like thing. I shouldn't be watching energy. Love those. So yeah, low view it. Steven. I'll give it a low cue it. I did feel unsettled at times during this movie. I mean, fuck the opening, that horrific car crash, you know, and like, there's a Mm. lot of, there's a lot of like, there's a a lot of points in this movie where there are sequences strung together that are just like pure pure terror shock and awe but it also it does drag in places and it's too long on the whole and i didn't really feel satisfied by the conclusion so if you're really into found footage you want to see something that's a little maybe off the beaten path throws a few you know there's a lot of tropes in this that you've seen before but it does throw in some some imagery i hadn't seen before that's creepy then check it out i'm not much of a found footage guy so i think that's why it's uh, it's a low cue it for me all right well we're gonna head down to the spoiler room next and uh finally reveal these mysteries that we've been alluding to for the past half hour Uh, but before we do that i will remind you all as always to go follow us on your social media platform of choice unless your social media platform of choice is something that's not facebook twitter or instagram because those are the only three that we're on we haven't gotten to be real or anything like that aren't we on truth 
Truth Social? <laughs> yeah, we've been posting some truths. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, you can find us at Amoncast, that's E-H-M-O-N cast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or if you're on Truth Social, just find us at Real Donald Trump. <laughs> that was the worst joke ever, but I laughed. So. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the kind of jokes that you love, Chris. <laughs> Uh, you can also visit our broken website, every horror movie on Netflix.com, where there's at least a partial list of some of the movies that we've watched out there. Also a, a link to our merch store where you can buy t-shirts or coffee mugs or condoms or, you know, whatever your product of choice is with every horror movie on Netflix art on it. And lastly, visit your podcast provider of choice and leave us a review uh, we like to see the feedback and it also helps people find the show. So that's good. All right. You guys ready to go down to the spoiler tunnel that you must not enter? Yeah, oh, trying, yeah. I'm trying to do the sign, but I, I don't know. It's <laughs> not, that's definitely not the sign. You don't want to make that one either. Let's go violate some taboos guys. All right. All right let's, let's go violate let's, some taboos. Let's recite. Let's remember to recite that incantation on the way down there. And, and, and listeners, please, you know, listen to this incantation, please repeat it along with us. Uh, or, or you can just repeat it in your mind. That's fine too, but it'll keep us all safe in that spoiler tunnel. I already, forgot it i already forgot it well we're gonna listen to it right okay. now okay. okay welcome back we have made it out of the spoiler tunnel thank you all for reciting the incantation with us to to protect us all uh now we got to tell you something about that incantation. <laughs> yeah, now we're all cursed. <laughs> well, let's, let's not, let's, let's, let me, let me, we'll get to that. But you want to, you want to wind up to it. All we'll, right. we'll wind up to it here. First, let me drop a new incantation challenge. So oh. spread this on your socials. Hashtag new, uh, new incantation challenge. The new <laughs> incantation challenge is show this movie to a friend of yours who has tripophobia. What's that? Trypophobia is that thing where you have the phobia for like the little like hole patterns, the little like Oh. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Wait, what are the hole patterns in this? The, have we forgotten? The whole second half of the movie basically is trypophobia the movie. You've got the girl breaking out in rashes, she's got the little like holes all over her. Um it culminates in a the grand reveal of the movie is is tripophobia basically. Do you guys know what hmm. I'm talking about at all? I know no. I'm sort of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're talking. Is tripophobia a niche thing? I thought every I thought everyone knew what that was. Well, I know what tripophobia is. I just don't really recall that being a key factor in this movie. No. I mean, I I I learned of the term because I saw it in, mentioned in a review of this, but oh. it was a new one to me. Oh. Well, okay. Uh, well, do yourself a favor, everybody, and Google trypophobia, T-R-Y-P-O-P-hobia, uh, and you can, you can see what I'm talking about. But yeah, this, this, this aesthetic is all over the second half of this movie, and it's, you know, I think it's more of that audience participation stuff. They know, it, they know that people have an aversion to these images, so they're like, we're going to make all our images this, um, including the, the most important, the ultimate taboo of this movie. Let me let me ask you about like trypophobia though. Like it, it does seem like a niche thing. Like if you had trypophobia, would you be afraid of your shower head? 
I don't think so. Because I'm looking at, like, the first image that comes up on Google is a lotus. Right. looks not unlike a shower head, if you think about it. There's a bunch of small holes clustered together. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it depends on the degree of phobia you have. It seems like a mundane and obscure phobia. Like, I wonder where that... With these things, I always wonder, like, it must originate from from something very real and psychological. Do you have any insight on that, Chris? No, I don't. Oh, damn. Probably something evolutionary, because, like, if you saw some shit that looked like that out in nature when you were a primitive man, uh, you would you would not want to fuck with it. It'd probably hurt you. Probably poison you. Probably kill mm. you. Wait, what is... How does this relate to the main taboo? I'm just not... I, I mean, I, I guess I'm remembering the rash, but I don't... All right, we'll, what, we'll, I just don't know what you're talking about. We'll actually. get to it. We'll get to it. Basically, all right, so 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 the, the, the sweetest taboo that occurs <laughs> is... These people went into basically they they there was child abuse happening at this fucking cult camp. Yeah, uh, they had like some young girl who was like had runes drawn all over her and she was like on an altar or something. And I don't know. Basically, things things start at coming together at this camp that make our heroes decide like, all right, there's a, they get like put under house arrest before they even do anything wrong right mm-hmm. yeah they like yeah. lock them in their little cabin they're like all right you were you were spying on our secret uh hand signal ceremony with this girl with the runes that's over the line we're locking you in your cabin where we're you're gonna stay here till morning and then you're gonna get the hell out of our our creepy town um but they break out and they go to the the cave that has no name the cave without hope whatever and I'm like, they start for my money. They start committing taboos right away. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, we're waiting on the taboo. I'm like, well, th- that's the taboo. They just like knocked over that whole altar and kicked down the door to the little like crypt. Like that's a taboo. And then they go, <laughs> they go in and they like, they're knocking shit over. I'm like, that's they didn't taboo. do the pog pog. That's the, that's the taboo. <laughs> they didn't do the pog pog. Well, it's a, yeah. It is, maybe it's, I'm conditioned for movies like pog pog to be thinking everything's a taboo, but, um, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly that I'm like, you're messing with the Buddha statues. You're doing all kinds of stuff. That's probably a taboo. Um, but ultimately that the two men go in the back and they lose their minds. And we, we get shown this very late in the movie. Cause they finally reconstitute all the found footage from the, the two men who went in the crypt and Lee Ronan is like, okay, I'm going to, I shouldn't show it to you because it's a taboo, but I'm going to do it. And basically there's a giant creepy statue of the mother Buddha. Well, and we should note that our, our dude from the foster uh, agency who I mentioned before is the one who like finally recovers this footage and then get like pays the price for it. Cause then the curse comes for him and we have horrifying footage of him killing himself by repeatedly slamming his head into a fucking like table or desk or something. And that's all in one shot where it's just, we're looking right at him as he like pounds his head into the desk repeatedly and comes up bloodier and more fucked up every time that he, he slams his head down. Very disturbing scene. Yeah. So that's kind of like the recurring thing because like people who are even just investigating this curse are, are being killed in horrible ways. And actually, now that I think about it, I don't know if the, the face of the, the Buddha was even on the tape because Lee Ronan showed it to us like off her camera at the very end of the movie mm-hmm. i don't even know if it's on the tape 
Right. Yeah. Sorry. Anyways, you were, you were saying what happens on the tape, but I just wanted to know like how we get the tape in the first place and the, and the price paid for it. Right. So we, we know that they look at the face of the mother Buddha, but we don't see it. And then the men just lose their minds. They see horrors, they see demons, they see arms coming out of the walls. They go crazy. They, one guy kills himself slamming his head into the wall. How does the other guy die? Oh, I think he gets, I think he gets like, he goes crazy and he doesn't he get like executed by the cult or something. Somebody gets burned alive. Yeah. Cause he's like hang hung upside down, set on fire or something like that. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's all very bleak, very disturbing cult stuff. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back in the real world, six years later, Dodo is getting really sick. She's cursed as hell. And she's got this rash all over her body that is trypophobia. And Lee Ronan, as any mother would, is desperate for a solution. So, like, she goes to, like, these uh, Buddhists who run a a corner store who are like, oh, we can help her. We're going to do a ceremony for her. But... Uh, you have to not give her food for a week or it, the jig is up. So what does Lee Ronan do? She starves her for like two days and then gives her food, goes back to the shop. The clerk people are like, oh, you gave her food, didn't you? Because now I'm a demon. And so the clerk <laughs> and the clerk's wife are both demons. Spooky scene. And so Lee Ronan's like, I, all right, that was my one shot. There's no medical solution. There's no spiritual solution. But after dissecting the tapes, after talking to a monk who translates some runes, she's like, I know what to do. She's going to go back to the cursed site. She's going to like draw runes on her body and she's going to like just go just whole ass into this alternative Buddhism stuff to try to, she's just going to become a cult member basically and become the most cursed person in the world. And well, yeah. Isn't the idea she's like, she's going to try and like self-sacrifice to the mother Buddha to, to end this. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. And while she's in the process of that, she's like, Oh, and huh, by the way, that uh, blessing that we've been doing this whole movie that was supposed to keep the curse away. It actually curses you. <laughs> yeah she's like i lied to you the the purpose of the incantation is to dilute the curse across yes. like by spreading it out across additional people who recite the incantation and like make the gesture and all this stuff yes Every, when everybody's cursed nobody's cursed is, right. the, <laughs> is the theory it's kind of that's the that's this movie's equivalent of the zero covid strategy yes <laughs> <laughs> which is where you know it gets me that's where it gets me and i'm like fuck you know it just has that you know again like something you're not supposed to be watching and i don't know like it's it's again it's almost silly it's almost corny to be like yeah you know that thing that i made you say and i said you could even say it in your mind you're part of this now too you're cursed no, now too. i i, I it I'm fucking, on your side. It fucking I, got it's, me it doesn't have to be silly it's creepy it fucking got me did you not see that coming though no, no. I no? Didn't. I oh, mean, this, I, this, this. I'm. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say like y'all are dumb. But no, like when I like we see these. I don't know. I know what you're I saying. See these, I see these tropes so often that at the beginning of the movie, somebody's telling me to read a fucking incantation. I'm like, well, I'm haunted now. Like, I just, <laughs> I just, it's a matter of time to find out how and why. But have you seen other movies where this happens? Because I never have. I mean, no, but it's a. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I just happened to clue into it. At the very uh, you've got and 2000 I was just kind of... IQ. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I would not call this a trope. I have not seen this before. And it's simple, but it was effective for me. And also, like, at the beginning of the movie, it's scary enough for me. It's scary enough for me at the beginning of the movie to have someone be like, some real shit's happening right now. So say help this, me out so here. Say yeah. this shit to protect yourself before you watch this movie. <laughs> Follow like, the bouncing ball. Yeah, that's scary <laughs> enough. And then, and then, but we should have seen it coming though, because like there is a thing where they're like, oh, uh, you know, we took all this, this, these runes, and we took this blessing and all the symbol or whatever, and we sent it to this like the one monk in the world who can read it. And then we see like the clip of the monk, and he's like this bless this this prayer is and then it like like stutters out and you know (laughs) so we should have seen it coming because then you see him at the end and he's like this is actually a curse for anyone who says it or thinks it (laughs) um but yeah we're cursed and then to to really compact the curse because she wants us to be as cursed as possible she shows us the face of the mother buddha yes well did you like that pretty creepy sure i liked it because i'm like i'm like whatever i was like you can't show me a face that's scarier than what i'm imagining and they did it and they kind of did it because (laughs) it's not a face it's a like it's a tripophobic portal to hell it's just like a tunnel with the tripophobia pods all around it so i guess i remember the mother buddha face now that i'm remembering what we're actually talking about I, I remember it looking like teeth around that like big maw thing. I don't rem- remember the holes. I need to revisit this. Teeth, holes. I mean, it's they're, they're going for the tripophobia. Okay. So that's why okay. I'm like, get your friend who's like, you know, I don't, you know, we can't go mushroom hunting because I have <laughs> tripophobia. Take that friend, sit him down. And We've all got that friend, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that friend who's deathly afraid of morels. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I was like, oh, okay, like, it's not a face, it's just something, it's an image that you just don't have context for, but looks wrong, and I was like, all right, this is actually the first time someone's built up to showing me something, and then actually showed it to me, and it was actually pretty scary. Good job, incantation. Good job. So now we're fucked, we're cursed, and she's like, yeah, you're cursed, and she, she bashes her head into the wall? Into the altar or something? Into the altar, so she's dead now, too. Um, a lot of head bashing in this movie. And then I don't remember this, but Wikipedia says that it ends with a footage of Dodo healthy and happy. Yeah. Um, so I guess as long as we're cursed and we keep challenging other people to watch this film, we're all going to be okay. I was confused and you know, I'm, I'm pretty dumb and I'm, I was confused by the end of this movie though, because it seemed to me that that footage of Dodo was from like, previously before she regained custody she seemed very young yeah so i'm not sure why that might be why i didn't absorb that either yeah i was a little confused as to what sort of the the intent of that was but i could be wrong i don't know i can't tell how old a kid is if they're under like nine i mean this is it's all about a mother's love for her daughter right yeah. And it work frankly it works whether it's a historic footage of Dodo or current footage of Dodo cuz we know that that's that's the ideal whether it exists in in reality or as a memory we yeah. want Dodo to be happy and healthy that's the important thing and that's why we're all cursed. Wait, so you know, I'm thinking about this TikTok challenge now and maybe actually like the intention behind this is not 
I mean, okay. So the person, did the person who started this actually think this was the scariest movie he ever watched or was it kind of more like a little bit of a trolling thing where it's like, all right, we're spreading the curse and I'm going to get more people to watch this and then be like, fuck, now I've got the curse, which I mean is scary in and of itself. But I wonder if people really think this is the scariest movie they've ever seen or if they're kind of trying to trick others into watching it. I think you know they're just. Saying? I think they just want the the viral fame. They want their fifteen minutes. I don't. They probably didn't care either way. Like, hey, new movie on Netflix. Pretty scary. I mean, it's pretty scary, and like, yeah, like, uh, especially people who like aren't desensitized to this stuff. Like, if they're watching a scary movie that then tells you you're cursed and is showing you stuff you don't understand, that's gonna be pretty scary. I um, I think I texted somebody. I th- I might have been Steven. Is that text? Oh yeah, I, I texted Stephen and said this shouldn't be legal. I said, <laughs> I said I feel like there was people who comment on our Dabe video watching this. <laughs> oh my I'm god! Like, okay, this is a powerful film that we don't know. We don't know the ramifications of what we just watched, and we might not know for another couple weeks till we all die in car accidents mysteriously. Yeah. Oh, I just watched it today, so I don't know how long the incubation period is for this curse, but like you know check in with me every now and again this week guys and i'll do the same (laughs) yeah there was even a funny well i thought it was funny because i'm i'm a child but there was even a toilet reference in this (laughs) like did you did you catch that there was our protagonist was driving i think to go back to the the cursed compound by the tunnel and there's um like an emergency broadcast over the radio saying there was a shocking get a shocking gas explosion at a hospital i think and then it cuts out, and then there's a mention of them finding a body in a toilet. Did you guys catch oh. this at all? I don't know. I don't even know what that was about, really. It was just like a little like 30-second scene in this movie, but I, I just thought the the um, the combination of shocking gas explosion and toilet uh, gave me a little chuckle. Understandable. <laughs> wonder if there were any like cow heads in the toilet. Who knows? All right. Well, I think that's Incantation. <laughs> that's that's yeah. your movie. Good luck. We've told you so much about it that you're probably at least slightly cursed now. Well, I mean, they did the Incantation with us. They're oh, definitely yeah. cursed. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. You know, yeah. our, our listeners are so now. good to us. And then we just turn around and curse them like this to save <laughs> a girl we've never met. Actually, to save our own ass, frankly. Can I mention one last thing? This was like weirdly the creepiest thing in the movie to me. And it's something I've never seen before. Do y'all remember... Um, in the in the in the past, in the video from six years ago, the 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 cursed little girl in the town, she brings out a like a box of like an empty egg roll box that has a bunch of giant frogs in it, and they feed them hair. Yes, mm. shit, like scary so as fuck. I mean, we could talk all day about all the little weird moments in this movie that are just kind of weird and unsettling, and so that's why I like it. Yeah, good yeah, shit. Gross. All right, well. It's time to get another curse because the wheel of death is about to pick a movie for us. It is to watch for our next episode. Drag this thing out of storage and give it a little spin. We are gonna watch <laughs> Veronica. Oh, I've seen the little like promo image for that. I think that's I've- that's it. End film, isn't it? Uh, it doesn't have the. I remember it. I also remember it being an end film, but it doesn't have the end logo on it, so maybe not. Oh. I've seen this. I don't remember much about it, but I think I had a good time, and it should be fun to revisit with you guys. 
What's the little summary? In 1991, Madrid, after holding a seance at school, a teen girl minding her younger siblings at home suspects an evil force has entered their apartment. It doesn't get more generic than that, except for being in 1991, Madrid, which is you've seen it before. But have you seen it in 1991, Madrid? You know, there's only so many stories in the world, you know, man versus nature, man versus himself, man versus culture, uh, man versus supernatural spirits in his apartment after doing a seance at school. Those are the four, the big four, the big four. All right. All right. In two weeks, hopefully. (laughs) It'll be in two weeks. We're not doing this shit again. (laughs) Yeah, unless we all die to a curse. Listen, if the next episode's late, it's because we all got in horrible car accidents. (laughs) (laughs) If you see any small holes, clusters of small holes, look down them for us. Oh, God. Yep. But in the meantime, while you wait to find out uh, our fate before next episode, uh, follow us on those socials, Amoncast, E-H-M-O-N-Cast. Review us on your podcast provider of choice and check out the website, everyhorrormovieonnetflix.com. Go buy a t-shirt. We could use the $2.50 or whatever the fuck we make off those things. Dude, speaking of the website, talk about things that you feel like you shouldn't be looking at. (laughs) 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 Yep, you got me. All right. We will see you all next time for every horror movie on Netflix. I'm Patrick. I'm Chris. And I've been Steven. Bye.